2: Matt Bowen. Two throws. This one aired out for Galloway. And with contact, is picked off. Intercepted by Matt Bowen. NFL writer and analyst for ESPN. The ball came out. Right now, they're calling fumble. Matt Bowen knocked it out. Seven-year NFL veteran. Matt, thanks as always. Have a happy new year. I won't be in next week. So, best
3: wishes for 2020, was it five? Four. 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 Come on, Dan. Four. He's the guy we were talking about. Week 18 of the NFL. That's <laughs> been the one-five game.
2: Defensive back coach for IC Catholic football.
3: One of the greatest things and the most rewarding things about being a high school coach is to see the impact it can have on your student-athletes.
2: Matt Bowen with Bernstein and Holmes on six. 70 the score let matt bowen talk shut up matt bowen is here to talk football with us and you on the score hotline that's presented by Circa sports illinois you follow him on twitter at matt bowen 41 nfl writer analyst for espn is with us
4: and lawrence has questions matt how are you sir i'm doing great lawrence how are you I'm doing all right. I have a whole bunch of, like, offensive, like, coaching questions for you. Okay. So, the Bears are looking for a new offensive coordinator. Yes. What type of coordinator do you think they should be looking for, and does that change depending on if the Bears keep the number one pick or if they roll with Justin?
3: I think that's the answer right there. You don't know yet. You have to make a decision on the quarterback position first. I think it was kind of very telling – um, you know, in the press conference yesterday when they didn't really make uh, an announcement on the quarterback position yet. So that tells you a couple of things. One, they're going to go through a long process of evaluation with Justin Fields and his tape from this year and even his tape from last year to see where he's at in terms of his developmental path, but also getting onto the college tape, talking to scouts, what they can do if they stay at number one uh, with one of the top young quarterbacks. But to answer your question, Morris, you have to design your offense around the quarterback. It has to be position-based, player-based, and especially at that position, it has to be right because we saw too many times this year, and I've told you before, there's a lot of times this year I thought Luke Gantz called a really good game. There's too many times he did not, and they didn't have offensive production in terms of, an, uh, you know, really the rate they wanted to. So it has to come down to who your quarterback is, how you're going to build the offense around him. Because you look at the teams playing this weekend. That's what they have. Look at all the teams playing this weekend, what they could do in the pass game, how they create production out of that quarterback position. They have that, and the Bears do not yet. They have to make those decisions. How would you value,
4: or I guess, how, how would you strip out, this was a Justin problem, this was a scheme problem? Like If you're Eberflus in polls and you're you're looking and you're saying, look, we don't want Getsy here, but if mm-hmm. you're still trying to evaluate fields, How would you start to go about the process of saying, yeah, our quarterback had to overcome the OC versus our quarterback might not be that good?
3: You have to look at both sides. You have to look at specific situations, in my opinion. What he does in third downs. How you scheme for him on third downs. How you scheme for him in the red zone, which we talked about a lot this past season. What you do for him in a two-minute drill situation, to get him comfortable and to get him in the concepts that he really likes and he wants to throw? Opening up the middle of the field for him. Did you do that enough this year? Because you start to look at where times that Justin Fields struggled this year, those are the exact situations I would focus on. Was it the quarterback or was it an offensive coordinator who didn't put him in the best position? When you do it that way, I think it's easier to come to an answer, right? If you just look at a broad scope, it's not enough. You have to focus on specific situations that are tailored or not tailored to the player you have at the quarterback position.
2: I think the most important thing that you can do is listen to what Justin Fields told you week four sure. and, and go back to some of that stuff. And when he said the word coaching, you know, what specifically, you know, so my thought is regardless bringing back fields and, or starting with Caleb Williams, Reading some of the scouting reports, and I can't say I've done a deep dive, but right. some of Caleb Williams's issues aren't dissimilar from fields. The idea of maybe holding the ball a little too mm-hmm. long, relying on your escapability rather than feel in the pocket. I mean, we know how brilliant Williams can be. But sometimes saying, "Hey, I, I'm gonna just—I I might be a little late on this read, but my arm strength is good enough that I can fit it into a smaller window. So it could just work out that your coordinator with these strengths to teach and 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 fine tune—they work for either one of them."
3: I would agree with that in a sense, Dan. There's times, and I'm I'm with you too. I haven't studied enough tape on Caleb Williams. I've studied some um, that he's gonna have to really adjust to professional football. There's a lot of things you can get away with at the college level when you are an elite talent, which he is. That's why he's projected to be the number one pick in the draft, Is you can hold the ball. You can play outside of structure voluntarily, right, because you have the tools to do that. You have the arm talent. You have the movement ability. Um, You can create plays off a second reaction consistently at the college level, especially the competition he played in that conference. So there is going to be – a rather large growing curve for him once he gets into the National Football League and his National Football League defenses and what's expected of you at the position. Because you have to play with repetitive mechanics in the NFL to win. You have to throw from the pocket in the NFL to win. You have to do the necessary things that we see with all these playoff quarterbacks right now, and that's why they're there. So to your point then, yes, there is going to be some crossover there as you're going to have to scheme for him, right? You're going to have to scheme for Caleb Williams to keep him on schedule, to keep him on rhythm. To open up the field for him, so he can see it faster and throw it faster. So, like you were saying, that does make sense, there, Dan, because you do have some of the same deficiencies with Justin Fields that you have to overcome and have to scheme for him as well.
4: Why do you think Ryan Poles kept Matt Eberflus as his head coach? Well, I think we talked
3: about it last week a little bit, Lawrence. Um, you know, Dan was on vacation and all that, but uh, when you were there last week working, we talked about how. Um, <laughs> I had to throw that in there. Bite me, Bowen. <laughs> no, but we talked. I think the the sense we had last week, Lawrence, and kind of the focus of that discussion was: is your team improving? Do you see gradual growth with your football team? I think you saw that with the Chicago Bears this year. Was it enough? No, because in this this league, you either make the playoffs or you don't. There's no in between, in my opinion. And once you get into the playoffs, you have to win on top of that. But this team did not make the playoffs. They were not good enough. Um, but you did see gradual growth moving forward. But I also think it's, it's the Chicago Bears franchise. And that's where we're at. The Bears had an opportunity um, right after the season end to swing for the fence. They did. You have the number one pick. You have an opportunity with the names that are out there right now with coaching. And then two that just come to mind immediately are Mike Vrabel is out there, who's a heck of a football coach. There's an opportunity that Jim Harbaugh could leave the University of Michigan. If you wanted to swing for a home run, that's that's the swing you, you take right there. They did not do that. And I did not expect them to. I was not surprised at all yesterday when they said they were going to keep Matt Iberflues. Uh, that meshes with how this organization is run and what they want to do and how they do not want to create waves. And that's why I think Matt Iberflues is back on top of what he did because he did see this team football team get better, especially on the defensive side of the ball and their ability to take take the football away late in the season, and just the overall play speed on tape with that defense. But simply put, it still wasn't good enough.
0: T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today.
4: we've been having like a larger discussion the hour show the afternoon show the morning show we've all been talking about like how to go about finding an, an, a head coach mm-hmm. where I get stuck because I I understand and and probably even maybe even more so agree with the idea of hiring an offensive coach but th- there's something in me and I don't know if it has to do with football itself I think the head coaching job is that I think it's being the head coach. Mm -hmm. And I don't, and I don't think that every smart offensive coordinator is necessarily qualified to be the head coach of a team. Now, maybe I'm overthinking it, but you were in locker rooms for a long time. How do you see the difference between what a head coach is and what an innovative, smart offensive guy is? Uh,
3: I think there's uh a major difference there. It's one thing to call cool plays, okay? I've always said this. A lot of people can call cool plays and scheme stuff and be on a chalkboard and, and be a step ahead from an offensive perspective. Uh, we see it all the time in the NFL. I saw it all the time as a player. It's another thing to be a leader of men, okay? And that's really what you're looking for, especially at the pro level, as someone that can lead, someone that can motivate, someone that can handle adversity because you're going to have a lot of adversity during an NFL season, a ton of adversity. It is not easy to win in that league. Those seasons are very fragile. And I think you need an ultimate leader. To where you get to the point, Lawrence, that person is the most important man in the building. No question. It is not the general manager. It's not ownership. It is not the play caller on either side of the ball. It is the head coach. That he is the most important person in that building day in and day out. And that, to me, is a head coach in the National Football League. And it has nothing to do with calling plays. It has to come – it has more to do with leadership and being able to set the bar every single day of what you're going to be as a franchise.
4: So how does – how in, in your mind, how does that – how do you develop a head coach? Like, how does one prove himself to be a head coach and not just a really smart DC or a really creative OC? What are the things that you think are significant when we're talking about – that position and, and how one can evolve into being that from being a coordinator or a position coach.
3: We have to think, Lawrence, that all of them started as position coaches, right? Some of them started as grad assistants in college. You're going to start at the bottom, right? So what what allows that person, Lawrence, to move up? right? What allows them to move up? It can't just be – you can't just be a coach. You have to be more than a coach. In my opinion, you have to be someone that is demands, respect, demands, accountability, can motivate, can teach. Okay. Can teach consistently, uh, can develop players, can develop people too. That's another part of coaching. And that allows you to move up. It's not just having, you know, the playbook that everyone wants to look at. That's not enough for me. And this is just me talking. This is my opinion. It has to be more than the playbook. You have to be someone that when I come in as a player, that I want to be in that meeting no matter what, that I want to impress you every day, that I'm going to give you everything I got because I want you to notice me every single day because I believe in you that much. I trust in you that much. There's something that you do that gets the best out of me every single day. And to me, that's coaching, that's teaching, and that's how you move up the ladder more so than having the playbook.
2: What does it say to you that the Bears retained – chris morgan the offensive line coach and retain the tight ends coach because i find it a little strange that you're going to go hire an offensive coordinator but tell him that he can't bring in two of two critical position coaches one in the offensive line that may be the most important single position coach underneath the coordinator
3: yeah that's a tough spot because um, i'll be honest Dan. If, if i was applying for the job and i was the offensive coordinator I'm going to bring in guys that I trust guys that I've worked with guys that have the same philosophy as me is how to play offensive football and what's, what matters in offensive football and especially in today's national football league. So I'd want the people I trust with me the most. So now you come in and the head coach and the organization is telling you, well, you can, but not really, we're going to give you an online coach. We're going to give you a tight end coach. That's just how it's going to be. And I think that's going to limit the bears a little bit in terms of their search, but You know, to answer your question, Dan, the organization must believe that the offensive line play this year uh, saw gradual growth and development. They must believe that what they're getting from their tight end position in terms of the growth of their tight ends and what they're doing both in the run and the pass game is enough to retain them. But again, from my perspective, if I'm coming in and I'm looking to take this job, I'm going to have some questions about why I can't bring the guys in that I've worked with before.
4: What did you take away from yesterday? Like, what was important to you from what you heard from up at Hallis?
3: The I think the major thing I took away from yesterday w- was Dan Bernstein on Six Seventy. So I, li- <laughs> I listened to the show yesterday, and Dan was fired up. I mean, I, I mean, I know Dan gets fired up, but Dan was really fired up yesterday. That was really good radio. It was. It was a good conversation, especially when you guys had a transition to the afternoon show. I thought that was great radio. So that was my major takeaway from yesterday. But from the Chicago Bears' perspective is, uh, you know, I, I, it, I'll i say this, Lawrence. It didn't really surprise me, okay, because we had the report was out a couple weeks ago that Flus was going to be back. So when I made the announcement, I was just, you know, kind of a shoulder shrug. Like, well, exactly. this is kind of this was kind of expected. Um, you know, I sat there and I'm like, well, you know, Should I put something out on social media? You don't even know what to put out. It's just, it was kind of status quo to me. I guess that's the best way to say it, status quo. And this is kind of what you expect at this point from this franchise. And I don't know if that makes them better. I don't know if that makes them worse. But now you have to immediately flip to the most important position in pro sports, which is the quarterback position. And what is going to be the decision made there? Because we talked about they didn't swing for the fences with the head coaching search and retaining Coach Eberflus, are they going to swim for the fences on the quarterback? Are they going to go all in on a player like Caleb Williams? I'm very interested to see what the decision-making process is and why they made that decision. And if they do go all in on Caleb Williams, what happens to Justin Fields? You know, where do you move him? What can you get in terms of a trade to help build that roster even more? Because this is a great opportunity for Chicago still. They can keep Justin Fields and move that number one pick and really solidify that roster on both sides of the football, or they go all in.
4: Is there a name out there? Did we lose, Matt? I don't know. Are you
3: still there, Matt? I feel like
4: he was in the middle of saying something. Yeah, I think we lost. I think the Cylons got him.
2: Cylons got him. Well, they got Florio yesterday. Yeah, and they predicted it. It was so weird yesterday. What the Cylons? Yeah, Ray said something after they put Florio up. Ray that said, was a
4: poorly timed, uh, like automatic computer update, and I no, couldn't get I, out of it. I, yesterday. No, you're supposed to tell them we're psychic. Come on, you said we're about to ruin work. the illusion. That was that was such a weird moment because you I
2: said, said that, you said we're gonna lose Florio in a second, and like we you were was, like looking like, at each other I, like, wait, what? No, my thought was Cylon double agent. No, I was like, trying to figure oh, out if yeah. I could get out of it. Like, like, no, I was
4: trying like, like, to figure out how to. No, no, no,
2: no, no. No secret, Cylon Ray, that you're actually working
4: for for them. Why did Dan just sound like Cat Williams there for a second? <laughs> so, oh, man, Matt. you guys Matt, about Matt's back. Matt's back. Matt. Right? Matt
2: <laughs> are there is there a name in the offensive coordinator search, or for frankly anybody on the offense that you want to make sure the Bears at least have in the building for an interview?
3: Shane Waldron is interesting to me. Um, was you know the coordinator out in Seattle. Um, worked under Sean McVay in Los Angeles. I just look at that offensive system right now and what Sean McVay does. And I know there's aspects of that offensive system there was with Luke Getzee, but in terms of the motion, the movement, the reduced formations, how they create running lanes at the second level, um, what they do in terms of their pass game at all three levels of the football field, I think it's, a, it's one of the top offensive systems in the National Football League. And you look at what the Rams did this year. I know it's different personnel, different coaching, but the same type of system. And just really how they're a consistent threat to defenses and how they create conflict at all three levels of the field, both run and pass game. I think it's an excellent system. So that's the first name. And there's going to be a lot more names coming up. But that's the first thing that kind of jumped out to me after what Seattle did yesterday. And and, and really a wild day of coaching yesterday. Yeah, Uh, Really a wild day, especially when you have – Nick Saban retiring as well. So um, Shane Waldron is a name that I would at least have in the building to to talk to.
4: Matt, thanks for joining us, sir. All right, guys. Thank you.
0: T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours